What's up? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and I almost skipped this week. It's been very hot up here in Portland, so if you can hear my laptop spiking its fans in the background, that's probably why. So I really haven't been too motivated, and this week in sneakers has just been odd. A very odd week in sneakers if you've tuned into any sneaker blogs or personalities in the space. A lot has happened that have been a little bit demoralizing, I guess to say, as someone who enjoys sneakers. But today we're going to talk about some of the, the wild, wild west, the great unknown of sneakers, kind of some of the phenomena behind it, go into some cool content and upcoming sneaker releases like we do. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in today. I hope you enjoy the episode and let's get into it. So where I wanted to start this week, a fan sent this in, thanks Jared, about a story from Twitter, another huge oversight by StockX. Brian Rivera was in search of the Manila 4s, the very hyper-exclusive limited 4s that release in the Manila Jordan brand store, up to 150 pairs of them, and they're fetching quite a high price on StockX. A price that is ranging anywhere from $7,500 to $15,000 for these. So this individual put in a large sum of money to get these hyper-exclusive shoes from Manila. Not sure what his connection is or what value he saw in these sneakers, but he really wanted them. And so, sneakers as a hobby has created this giant multi-billion dollar industry and has placed our trust in these middlemen such as eBay, GOAT, and StockX making it very easy to find your favorite sneakers, which is a big benefit of what they have to offer rather than having to search down rabbit holes or these long form connections that you may have needed to get something like this outside of the States if that's where Brian is located. And so when you buy a shoe of this value, you're doing some research to understand what looks authentic, what doesn't look authentic, some of the simple signs. If you're gonna put a huge investment, a Honda Civic, into a pair of sneakers and so he has purchased these shoes and immediately as he gets them out of the box he says i don't even know how to open the box i'm a thousand percent sure that they're fake based on these 150 pairs that did come out all 150 came in a very special box however these shoes came in a black and gold jordan brand box the typical general release box that you may have seen the tens in or a non-retro jordan in with the white label that makes it look like a player exclusive sample but if it is one of the 150 it should have come in a special box not this player exclusive and it should have been caught right away on stock x's end and declined the sale saved the man ten thousand plus dollars going out of his account doesn't occur but he continues to move forward he's already opened the box as he opens the box he checks the shoes these are very limited like i said out of 150 shoes They have stitched the insignia on the tongue of the shoes for what number they are out of 150. So 001 out of 150, 100 out of 150. And so here he gets one shoe that is number 60 out of 150. And the other shoe is number 69 out of 150. We doth not purchase it, Slick Willie. We doth not purchase it. And so you can imagine the confusion that's happening once you've put $10,000 into a pair of sneakers that is highly limited, that have two different numbers on the left and the right shoe. It doesn't take Stephen Hawking's to realize that this is not an authentic pair. 
and that something has gone severely wrong. So to think that you purchased something for $8,500 from one of these community trusted, so to speak, middlemen of this stature, $8,500, that it makes it this far through their authentication process to Brian and comes out as mismatched fake pair makes it hard to believe that this same certainty is happening for your $180, $200, $300 pair of Jordans or Adidas or Nikes that you're purchasing from StockX. Some people are arguing, well, your shoes shouldn't be this expensive anyways. It's You shouldn't be putting that much into shoes and this much trust into someone else. However, you're paying a fee for these services to get those authenticated by people who are looking at sneakers all day. And if you know there's 150 pairs of these shoes, it should be pretty refined and simple to look for what may be fake, what may be off, like seeing if the numbers match. That's simply just taking them out of the box and saying these are correct. However, it continues on there where then we get the colorway designer, Kelsey Amy, to chime in at StockX in this expedition to say, I designed them. I made this colorway. I helped put these together. These are fake. She said, yes, pair 69 is legit. A lot of people got a you know, a laugh out of that. And it is a a very special sneaker to get if you're paying $8,500 for. So then she comes out and says, I designed these. We need to figure out what needs to be done. In addition, the owner of the number 69 pair came out and said, I'm the original owner. I have these. To further compile that, if there's only 150 shoes, how are there two number 69s? So now you have the designer and the actual owner of the number 69 pair with photo proof saying, I have these, I designed these, there's something wrong here. And yeah, I completely agree. People make mistakes, things happen. However, over the past year, year and a half with what's happened through StockX through COVID, what's happened with some lower level, arguably inauthentic sneakers making it way through. But when you're looking at a investment purchase, of $10,000, you're hoping that a little bit more care or time is put into that. If you look up these Manila Fords, you can see the special boxing and compare it with the box that Brian got incorrect. And so it's those little things that have slowly and slowly kind of deteriorated the sneakers landscape. And that's why it's the wild, wild west. It's becoming so large that there's so many little things happening in different pockets that makes it hard for any entrance or any level of sneaker enthusiast to be fully engaged in the game. If you're a brand new user, you're struggling on the sneakers app or in store through Foot Locker's apps to purchase shoes. You're seeing photos on social media of people not even going through the back door, but taking all of the pairs and selling them to a consignment shop down the road. All of these things are happening as a very serious collector or investor in sneakers, you're seeing shoes being bought for $10,000 that are A, either coming back as inauthentic or being lost by UPS and then having to fight that system. It's just making it very difficult. And then on top of that, we're seeing, again, it's kind of come full circle, but now we're seeing violence involved in sneakers, not to say it ever left, but at a retail establishment, a raffle was occurring. An employee noticed a scuffle was going on, stepped in, and ended up being murdered and shot by what they suspect at this point in time is a 16-year-old. So 
Our condolences, my condolences to Jaron Bradford, who lost his life trying to intervene in a raffle for a pair of sneakers. And we have yet to hear anything from Shoe Palace, which is just a little disheartening, right? It may have not been directly related to something in store, but it happened on your property for a process that you made individuals go to a raffle for during a global pandemic of a highly sought after shoe. And this occurred. If this raffle had been digital, like most other raffles nowadays, would this have occurred? Probably not. And so there's just little things that are kind of eating at a lot of different areas of the sneaker community that are making it relatively unappealing to people who have been in the game or interested in sneakers for a long time and disheartening for newcomers coming in who are trying to enjoy and have the fun that we did 10 years ago when things were quite a bit more accessible. Granted, I don't know if it's true or not, but the Travis Scott raffle occurred on Travis Scott's site. Obviously on sneakers they sold through, but on his site, you put in an email. Typically, the winners are going to get emailed soon after, but in this case, Travis Scott's Discord announced that they had eliminated 3 million bot orders. And that's only to say those are the bots that were just dumb enough to be caught in that system. They found those pretty quick and used a pretty quick algorithm to filter through those. So I'm assuming that's only 25 or 30% of the bot orders that were caught by the team, but still that's 3 million. Again, goes to show you the power of the automated checkout and botting process, but it makes it a little unappealing for the average consumer who's only entering one time and believes they have a fair shot, may not have that knowledge of what's happening in the sneaker community. So I find it hard to believe for people who are entering this wide open new frontier of sneakers that they'll stay around for a long time if they're never able to purchase a shoe that they may be interested in. But to that point, the shoe hobby is a luxury commodity. No one needs an extra pair of shoes. I've said it before, you've heard on any interviews. No one needs more than 10 pairs of shoes. You're sitting on 15, 20, 50 pairs of shoes, some that are unworn and getting upset at this new sneaker that you weren't able to purchase. That's a luxury to have $200 to spend and be mad that you weren't able to spend it. When some people are struggling as a single parent to raise a child and would love to have that $200 for food or for rent or whatever it may be going to. So there is a little bit of balance there. There seems to be more and more complaining, but coming back every single weekend to the sneakers app or to Foot Locker or to wherever you're purchasing from, it's kind of that endless cycle. And some people are willing to endure that. I still stand behind thinking that the sneakers draw is one of the best chances or the best experiences in modern sneakers. I simply put in my single email or my account, wait 10 minutes, I won or I lost. It's that simple. But I can't imagine now going to a raffle like what had occurred, people who are trying to start their business, some people are trying to flex or there's some shady tactics going on, can be a little disheartening. Then as we touched on last week, there are just certain heavily invested businesses being built on the back of sneakers that are kind of contradictory to what their initial ambitions are. So there's a lot of oddities going on. You're not hearing a whole lot of positive stories occurring in sneakers nowadays 
or seeing the availability or the excitement for purchases that we did see in the past. Yeah, we saw Ama Manier do a great job with the threes. We saw Union do some cool examples of how to beat bots, but it's just not common. So we'll see what happens with sneakers over the next five to 10 years. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but I think the the tried and true sneaker enthusiast may be becoming more of a subculture within the sneaker game than it was at the forefront 10 years ago. Because those who are really going after the shoes may just be happy with what they have, take a step back, and having the conversation with their friends and peers that the sneakers are really about and attaching those memories to shoes as opposed to individuals now creating all of the profit from the sneakers and they deserve the right to. You have to work hard to do so. But who knows? It's just kind of an odd world. And sometimes it can be quite a bit of a bummer when you're looking through the news or trying to think of an episode for a podcast that might be fun or some research. And it's all just kind of people complaining or people cursing out, you know, these large corporations or seeing this violence or seeing, you know, people get scammed for their money. All of these things, you know, to say the least, they're just shoes. You take a step back and wear your most hype shoe that you own, and you also buy a pair of Air Monarchs, and you go into the back country of South Carolina or Montana or over to Russia and ask them which one's cooler, you might get split results. 99% of the population doesn't care about your sneakers, but you do, and that's what matters. So make sure you're doing it for you and having a fun time and finding those little pieces of enjoyment throughout the sneaker process. Don't ever take it personal. It's never meant to be that way. It's just things are becoming more competitive, and that's the nature of the landscape. So that's my rant for this week. We're going to take a quick break and hop into some cool content and upcoming sneakers. So the one story I have this week that I thought was super cool to see and very empowering was that J.R. Smith, is going back to college to play at a historical black college and university. North Carolina A&T Athletics, the Aggies, is where J.R. Smith is going to enroll back in school, and he's going to try to play golf. He went to the NBA straight out of high school, won a championship or two, and now is deciding to pursue his education like most recruiters tell them. Hey, you can go to the league. If it doesn't work out, you can always come back and go to school. And he's doing that. The league worked out, but now he wants to pursue playing golf at this historically black college and university, which I think is really, like I said, empowerful for the black community and the people of color, especially in the golf scene. Historically very white, very prominently white to see a brand such as J.R. Smith with this huge following, this large awareness, whether it's memes, it's success, seeing him take that option into golf if that inspires 20, 40, 100 kids in the inner cities to go and try to play golf. And, you know, four of them end up making it to the PGA or the tour. That's amazing. And that's kind of the impact you want to see occur. So best of luck to J.R. Smith on those endeavors. I look forward to seeing the news and seeing if the NCAA allows him to play. Right. He's never started his NCAA clock. It's just something they've never dealt with before. And seeing if he can get that scholarship or get on the team over there. He does play with like a five or four handicap. So he's a relatively good golfer, especially at that collegiate level. And it's not like age really matters in golf, maybe a little bit in terms of strength, but you can play at all ages. So it should be a pretty even playing field, but it will be interesting to see what occurs there. 
But now let's get into upcoming sneaker releases. <laughs> These are the new Jordans. That's it, huh? So we're going to be looking at August 15th through 21st in the upcoming sneaker releases. So we're going to start with the Nike Air Max 2021. Very new silhouette. Kind of looks like it merged the Air Max 90, the 270 together, and maybe a little bit of the Vapor Max. Those are going to be $160. We get the Braindead Asics Gel Fratelli. Very interesting collaboration from Asics, something you don't see too often nowadays with Braindead and kind of a lot of these custom and lounge colors. But those are expected to come out on the 15th. We get the June J Reebok pumps. Reebok was just purchased for, I think, $2.4 billion as well. So maybe we'll see some new products coming out of Reebok. Maybe try to revamp a little bit outside of the questions. On August 17th, we get to see the Bad Buddy Adidas Form Buckle Low Back to School for $160. Like I said previously, Bad Bunny and Adidas have done well together and they've really knocked the form out of the park. So expect these to sell very fast as well. Those are 160. We see another colorway of the Jordan Delta 2. Kind of looks like a NYX colorway on the 17th. Then we get the Nike Dunk Low SE Oil Green. Very similar to the Nike Dunk Camo that just recently came out with a little bit of camo in the mid and on the toe. In this kind of light green on the swoosh and the sole for 110. We see a Reebok Classic Leather Cold Gray for $80 on the 18th. The Nike Dunk Low Purple Pulse for $100. The Nike Dunk Low Yellow Strike for $100 on the 18th. We get to see a Vans Old School coming out on the 18th as well, collaborating with Kids of Immigrants. Very cool project there. Very minimal kind of cream vintage colorway coming out with for Vans on the 18th. A lot of these shoes are for back to school, as that's starting up here pretty soon and going into Labor Day. The RLE New Balance 550 for 180. New Balance has done a great job with the 550 and kind of molding that into modern sneaker culture and colorways. That comes out, like I said, on the 19th for 180. We get the Nike Dunk High Red Acid Wash for 130. I think these acid wash dunks are pretty cool. The shape looks a little interesting, and the vintage yellowing sole is definitely. A lot of people are either extremely for it or extremely against it. I'm kind of in the middle, but I do like this red acid wash print. Those are 130 On the 19th, we get the Air Jordan 4 Grade School Do-It-Yourself, which apparently you can color on, or that's kind of the story behind them. For $140 on the 19th, we get to see a John Geiger Triple Volt. Shout out to Geiger, still crushing it. Very premium materials if you're into that more high-end sneaker look for 195 and then we see the Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 V2 Lite for 220. Another 350 just going through colors at this point, making the staple. The Air Jordan 12 Retro Utility. Uh, I'll probably pass on this 12 for 190, but I'm sure it'll sell out on all the apps like they always do somehow. And that will be our upcoming releases. I thank you guys for making it with me all the way through this episode. I hope you enjoy your week. I'm gonna take next week off a little time off and then come back to you with a great interview so i hope you guys enjoy this episode and i'll catch you in a couple weeks